Thanks for checking out this week's message. No matter where you are, we hope that you'll be inspired and know that you're part of our one family. If you enjoy the ministry of our church, you can help us share messages like this by supporting us financially. Just press the give button at onechurchsc.org. It's quick, easy, and secure. Now let's prepare our hearts for this week's message. Bibles, I want you to open to the book of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 3. I'm going to read verses 14 through 20 to you this morning. I'm going to talk, on you, talk to you about a limitless God. The series is called Limitless. In these next few weeks, I will talk about how he's limitless in his grace. He's limitless in his wisdom. He's limitless in his love. And, and on and on it goes. I've got four or five that's in my heart. But I wanted to, to, to launch by reminding you that our God is limitless. He is a great God, as we were just singing about Ephesians chapter 3, starting in verse 14. If you'll turn there or look on the screen, it will be there for you. Ephesians chapter 3, 14 through 20. The Bible says this, when I think of all of this, this is kind of like Paul's doxology right here. He just busts out into a doxology, and uh, he's, he's, I can just see him. He's got, he's got a little Pentecostal in him. He's excited. He's, he's been talking about all the uh, blessings of God and how great our God is. And, and I just love the way he words. Now, I'm reading from the New Living Translation. That's what's on the screen. And I, I think you'll catch on to the words and where this comes from. But he says, when I think of all of this, I fall to my knees and I pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources. You really want to highlight that or underline that. If you do not have a Bible you can mark in, you need to get you a Bible you can mark in. You should be able to take notes with your app, all right? He is an unlimited resource God. He will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. The Christ, then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down unto God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, how deep, his love is. Verse 19, may you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully, then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Verse 20, this is our key verse, all right, this is our key text every week, but this one is so important that you get it. Verse 20 of chapter 3, now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might think or ask. Our God is a limitless God. Amen. He can accomplish more than you could ever think, dream, or even imagine possible for you and yours and his kingdom and all for his glory. Not so that you can brag on yourself. Not so people can say, oh, look what God, look what he's doing over there. No, so look what God is doing over there. That he has an unlimited supply, unlimited resources. Uh, really, this, this series comes from a place of just personal walking this thing out. I haven't told you lately I'm raising two teenage daughters along with my sidekick, Sandra, first lady of the house of one. Guess I got Baptist on my mind. Um, I don't know how you handle things like this, but man... They would have never survived in my generation. I'm an 80s kid, early 90s. I like to lay a little claim in there, right? But I'm an 80s kid. There was no instant media. There was no YouTube. There was no Instagram. There was no Snapchat, no Facebook. 
I, I, I even missed the whole MySpace era. You know what I mean? I just completely missed it. I was in my first pastorate, and people were talking about it. And I just completely missed it altogether and just jumped right into Facebook and all this other stuff. But again, I don't think they would have survived, man. They, 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 they just could not get by without having something to occupy them all the time, right? And so we struggle with that in our home because I read an article where it said, this is not a parenting sermon series at all, but I just want to set the, the, the stage for where this comes out of my heart. I read an article this week that kids should spend six to eight hours outside. I'm just going to start locking mine outside. You know what I mean? And it didn't really say day or night. I think I'm going to try it night. You know what I'm saying? Since I know they love the, the dark. And, uh, but anyway, we, we struggle with the phone situation, right? And I know that you guys have it all figured out and, and are perfect parents, but we struggle with the phone. It's a constant battle in my house, right? It's a constant battle in my house. All right, teenagers, they, they think we're dumb and and they know everything, and, and I got good kids, I don't want, they're, they're both out in the service this morning, I don't want them to think I'm trying to insult them, uh, but my mom always said, if the shoe fits, wear it, and so they, they sometimes look at us like we're just dumb, like we just don't know anything, all right, especially when it comes to the things that we study, now of course y'all know Sandra's a school teacher, so they have a lot of information and, and security about uh, really all the, the uglies of social media and the trappings of of everything you post, and I'm telling you, if you post it, even if it erases, it's always there, and it is always uh, the capabilities there to bring it back up and use it, especially if one of mine runs for office one day. Doubt that. But if they do, um, it's, it's there. And so it's a constant struggle. But there's this really cool thing that we discovered this year. I didn't discover it. Sandra discovered it. She's smarter than me and keeps up with it better than me. I'm more of a pushover when it comes to the situation and uh, will extend things uh, and, and, and show, show a whole lot more of leniency there. But one of the things that the phones have, have, have had the ability, especially with this latest update, y'all still with me say amen. Yeah. This is not about an iPhone or a droid. This is not about, but I want you to understand what I'm dealing with, mostly for prayer. No, no I don't just sympathy or anything like that. Just, just pray. One of the things that they did with an update is, is they, they really upgraded the security capability um, for you to control that over your children's phone. All right? I strongly su suggest that you do. I strongly suggest if your kids have phones that every so often you pick those bad boys up and you read them. I, I, I just strongly, strongly suggest you to do that. We do those things. But one of the neat things that we can do now, or Sandra can do, I can do it as well, but she does, is that she has the ability to go into each app, right? Not only the whole phone, and she set the whole phone up for a certain hour, it, it comes on and has the ability. Now, it has the ability to always be able to call or send a text in case there's an emergency, all right? But it has a certain time of the morning that it comes on and, she, and they can enjoy their apps or whatever it might be and a certain time it shuts down. But inside that parameter, there's now the capability for each app. And it may have always been there, but it's just something we've just discovered. So don't look at me like I'm, I'm dating myself, but it's just something we discovered, that each app has the ability to have a time limit on it. I see Addie looking now. And, and, and not only does it have the ability to, to, to set the time limit on it, but it tells you how much time they've spent on that particular app. And all of them. So one of the things that we had to do, and, and, and I don't know, again, we, we, we tried timeout. We tried, we tried all that, you know, let's communicate and let me explain to you. I, I listen to James Dobson. I get it right. Don't judge me. Timeouts just don't work in my house, all right? They, they like their daddy hard-headed. And so we practice timeout, but we whoop them all the way to the timeout corner. You know what I'm saying? That's just how it has to happen. But what's really evolved in this disciplinary and this parenting ability is the ability to take away this phone this social media, this ability to have instant knowledge and always be plugged in, and, 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 and their ability to 
streak? Is it streak? That would meant something completely. Is I don't know what it, it meant something completely different to me back in the day. But how they keep these things going, right? And so one of the things that we've done as way of punishment is we we shut that booger down. We just shut it down. Well, over the last few weeks, since since there were some grades that were not up to par with with one of our kids, we shut some of their social media ability down. They still have the phone, but this is what this is what I get all the time on my phone. No matter where, no matter if I'm helping Heath, no matter if I'm visiting you, I can hear it. it, it, it I can feel it, and I can hear it. And it, it, it'll say screen request time, and show me the kid because they've used all their time up. And, 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 and so I can have the ability to go in and I can give it to them for the whole day or I can give them 15 minutes or I can give them, I, I really love to mess with them and give them 15 minutes. Because you know how fast 15 minutes go, goes by, man, it's like, boom, there, boop, it goes off again, give me more. And I really, 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 and, and I, 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 I say we struggle with it, but it's kind of been comical to me to watch it and to, and to watch them do whatever we ask to do so they can have more time. It's really, a, really, really a neat thing. Don't judge me as a parent, okay? And, uh, and then I begin to think in my quiet time, now, how, how would it be, how would it be if God did us that way as our Father? How would it be if he, if he just set a certain time? Now, I know that some of you are super spiritual and you're, you're much smarter theologically than me, and I know that the Bible teaches he won't tarry long, and there's coming a day that he will rapture us and that he will come again or we will meet him in death. I understand there's a time limit on this side of eternity, but with God, there's no limits, right? But just say for a moment that you as his kid, he, he would set limits. How quickly would we run out of limits? How quickly would we run out of grace? How quickly, how quickly would we run out of his wisdom? How quickly would that time go by if he was a limiting God? If he said, okay, if you do this, I will not do this. Well, see, I begin to think about that, and I begin to think about how in this Bible Belt and how most people that I do life with, and even myself from time to time, I have built limits around God just because of the denomination I was brought up in or just because of the area of the world that I live in. And we just box God up and we say, well, God, he can do these things, but he can't do these things. Or God, he can do this. He can save my soul from hell, but he really can't help my finances. That's why I can't give to him. And God, well, he, he can do this, but he can't do that, and we just put limits. But what if God was limited like that? What if, what if God really fit in your box? I mean, what a sad situation we would be in if God just limited us. That if only certain places and only certain times we had access to him. And yet most of us live our lives like God is a limited God, that he is not limitless, but that he is in that box. And so I begin to think, God, what would you have me to say? Where would you have me to go? And he reminded me that he's able to do with this unlimited resource all the things that I could ever think, dream, or imagine possible, that he is able. And I want to equip you and to challenge you as we walk through this series that God is able. Stop limiting him. I want to give you the big theological words, if you will, for just... a. a just, just for the sake of entertaining me for a moment, he's omnipotent, right? That's a big word. He's omnipotent. That means he has all power. He's omniscient. <laughs> that means he's all-knowing. And, and he's omnipresent. That means that he is, there, there's no division in him. There's, there's, there's no place or no time there, that he's never, he's never divided. Like he doesn't work here and work there. 
The same God that's working here this morning is working around the world at the exact same time. You say, well, that church is doing this and that church is doing that and that. Listen, it's the same God. You want God to do big things? Then stop limiting God. If you want God to radically shift your life, if you want God to give you an ultimate resource so that you don't have to worry, stop doing the things that causes him to shorten that up and unbox God and realize that he is a limitless God and that he has ultimate resources. He doesn't run out. He has all power. He has all knowledge and he is everywhere at all times and he is the only one that, is that has that ability. So as we look at limitless God this morning is the first message. I just want to set the foundation of what we will talk about and we'll look at different components of God and how he how he does not have limits in those areas, especially grace. But I just want to set the foundation or the framework of how we view God. I don't want you to view God denominationally. I don't want you to view God like your grandpa viewed God. I don't even want you to view God like I say to view God. I want you to view God as I break down the Word of God and rightly divide the Word of God this morning. The first thing that I want you to realize this morning is God has no rivals. God has no rivals. I will be a First Baptist Westminster this evening. I've been thinking a lot about Westminster. I spent my first ministry, actually my second ministry, my first pastorate in Westminster for seven plus years. God did some incredible things, brought some incredible people in my life. And one of those people, have you ever stopped by Chaga Service Station? Y'all know where that is, Chaga Service Station? Chaga Service Station is, is to me, is, is, is big and new and all that, but it used to be that little bitty building right beside the new station. It's out to Cole Highway. If you're not familiar with it, stay with me for just sake of time. There used to be a guy that went to church. He was in my first church, and his name was Mr. Don Wilson. Mr. Don Wilson, man, it, listen, age had, had caused his stance to, to kind of bow him and, and, and shorten him, but he was a giant in the kingdom of God. I, I had not been around men like this. Now, when I took the church, it was about 18 people on Wednesday, and about 37 was a high attendance on Sunday morning. And it was mostly older people. They were the remnant that was wanting God to do something incredible. And Mr. Don Wilson was one of those, and he owned Chaga Service Station. He was the original owner. They used to be the man that would come out of that little building, and he would pump gas in your car. He had the little belt with the coins and stuff. I remember, I remember Mr. Don, but I remember him more than that. I remember as he was a leader at church. I remember as he used to pray, he would always pray like this. He would always pray, God, forgive us of our sins, of commission and our sins of omission. If you've ever been around Mr. Wilson, he always included that in his prayer. And so as I was preaching, as I, I spent my time there, he used to say something, and, 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 I, I, and I will never forget it as I was thinking a lot about Westminster this week and having the opportunity to go up there and preach for Kenny and Mac and Mark and the staff and team and family at First Baptist. I began to think about Mr. Wilson and how he used to say, he would say, Preacher, you know, our God, he's, he's just absolute you say well is that that profound it was profound to me man he's absolute there is nothing else he's absolute God has no rivals any book you buy on the shelf by somebody that has written it I don't care how many PhDs they have I don't care how much experience they have they do not have more than God and they are not equal to God I am not equal to God your wife is not equal to God your husband is not equal to God he is to represent Christ and treat you like the bride of Christ but he is not God hey guess what Google is not God he has no rivals God has no rivals let me give you some verses to back that up Psalms 103 Verse 19 says this, the psalmist penned this, Psalm 103, verse 19. The Lord has made the heavens his throne. Let me just stop there for just a moment and remind you that that is in the plural. Translated out of the Hebrew when it says heavens, it's not heaven, 
It's heavens. He holds the galaxies or the universes in the palm of his hand. And it says that he has made them his throne. That means that he sits above them. And that it's like a picture of his foot on the planet earth. They say that's what happened the night Paul and Silas broke out in praise and Pentecostal worship in the jail cell. That God just got to tap in his foot and the earth began to shake and the jail cells opened up. You can just let me use my sanctified imagination, right? But he just, he's over all. Psalm said, the Lord made the heavens his throne. From there he rules over everything. Colossians chapter 1 verses 16 and 17 God created everything in the heavenly realm and on earth. He made the things which you can see and the things which we cannot see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through Him and for Him. Verse 17 of Colossians chapter 1, He existed, listen, listen, He existed before everything else. He holds all creation together. God has no rivals. I know your counselor is great. I know your physician is great. I know those new antidepressants are great. I know that medicine is great. I know penicillin is great. But the only reason they discovered it is because God gave them the ability to discover and make those technological advances. God has no rivals. That's how he is. He is absolute, as Mr. Wilson used to say. There is nothing less nor more. He is it, and that's the final. God has no rivals. So often we put other people, and you, you think to, you're thinking with me this morning, I can see the way you're looking, some of you, that, hey, I get that. I get that. Why so often do you lean on what other people are telling you instead of what God says to you? Why is it that he is the last source instead of the first source? When things happen in our lives, good or bad. I'm here to remind you this morning, he has no rivals. He has no rivals. That's why you will not find me. You'll hear me talk a little bit about it tonight, about the church's greatest business. is God's greatest burden and mankind's greatest blessing. That's the three points for tonight. You'll hear me talk about this tonight. I am not political. Do I vote? I absolutely vote because men and women have given their life and even my family members, my papa, so that they could absolutely give me the freedom to vote. I take that very serious. I understand what my Bible teaches me as a child of God and my responsibilities, but I am not political. I do not get in that game. I don't like, dislike, all this good stuff, all right? I am all these things, yes, but here's what I know above all of that. I don't care who's in office. They're still under God. He has no rivals. That's all that matters to me. You put your hope into, into the system and to other people, I promise you he will, they will let you down. God has no rivals. The second thing about how God is limitless, God has no rivals. Hey, God has no beginning nor end. God has no beginning or end. God, and I want you to pay attention to these first three because these last four I'm going to give you, these all set the stage for it. This is fundamental framework for being a child of God. This is not a church you're going to come and I'm going to pat you on the back and tickle your ear and tell you everything's going to be okay. My job is not to do that. My job is to equip you to live your life day in and day out, understanding that who you serve is a limitless God and that he has no rivals and that he has no beginning nor end. And this is why it's so important. God does not work <clears throat> on our time. He didn't do that. Let me give you some verses to back it up. 
Psalm 90 verse 2 says this. I'll try to put this up later on our social media page so you can have all these references because I don't give them to our media team so that you'll have to do homework. Psalm 90 verse 2, this is what the psalmist said. Before the mountains were brought forth, or, or ever you had formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting, listen, to everlasting, you are God. He has no rivals, he has no beginning, and he has no end. Let, let me give you a couple more. Second Peter, Peter writing, he said, Second Peter chapter 3, verse 8, it says this. But you must not forget this one thing, dear friends. A day is like a thousand years to the Lord, and a thousand years is like a day. Let me give you one more. Revelation 22, verse 13. <clears throat> I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. God does not have a beginning nor an end. You have to get that locked down in your framework of theology and have a biblical worldview. If you want to go forward, if you want to tap in to the limitless resources God has available to you and to me and others that will follow the way we track out, you have to understand God has no rivals. There is no equal. I seek him first and above all things him and him alone, and that you understand he doesn't work on your timetable. That is the most frustrating thing about a being a Christian and I've ever experienced in all these years is that he don't check with me first. I get in a hurry. He doesn't get in a hurry. So I don't know who I'm speaking to this morning or who's listening or who will be listening in the days to come. I want you to keep trusting God. He makes no mistakes. He works a perfect time. He is a perfect God. He has no rivals. He's absolute. There is no sin. There's no shadow. There's no turning. There's no darkness. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. He never was, is, and always will be. Somebody didn't create him. He didn't just start one day. He always has been. He's the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. And I just want in on some of that, baby. The longer I'm a parent, the greater this statement just screams and means to me that the days are long, but the years are short. There are some days that are longer than others, incredibly long as a parent. My girls will finish eighth grade, prayerfully. They will finish eighth grade this year and go to high school next year. Incredible. They'll be driving one day when they're 20. They'll be dating one day when they're 30. They may have a part-time job when they're 35. I don't know. Don't look at me. God doesn't work on our timetable. I don't know what you're trying to hurry up and get through. I don't know what you're, you're hoping and wishing. You're wasting your time and your energy. God does not operate. doesn't wear a Timex or a Rolex. He is time. He doesn't sleep nor slumber. He doesn't run out of energy. He doesn't get tired. He doesn't take a break. He doesn't disappear. He doesn't back away. He doesn't move. He's always. He's absolute and he's always. He has no rivals. He has no beginning nor end. Let me give you a third one about our limitless God. These are scratching the surface of this theology. He has no rivals. There is no equal to God. He's absolute and he is perfect. He has no beginning nor end. He always was and always will be. He doesn't get tired. 
He doesn't get frustrated with you. He always listens. He's always ready. But he works on his time. And thirdly, about our, our, our limitless God, this is, well, is going to blow your mind on this one right here. This is like just absolutely incredible when I come up with this little, this little phrase. God has no limits. He has no limits. He has no rivals. He has no beginning. He has no end. And he has no limits. I'll give you one verse of scripture to back that up. Paul writing the church of Ephesus. That's our launch text. He's limitless in his resources. Right? He has unlimited resources. And he is able to do far greater things than you even think, dream, or imagine because you keep trying to box him up and limit him. When he has no rivals, he has no beginning or end. He is God. He holds the universes in the palm of his hand. He keeps the earth on its perfect axis so it doesn't burn or doesn't freeze. He works all things together for our good, his glory. Why? Because he called us and he loved us. We're his children. And he has no limits. In Mark chapter 10, verse 27, he says something like this. He says, Jesus looked at them and said, They've been, I'm jumping in the middle of a dialogue, but here's the point I want you to get about how he has no limits. Jesus looked at them and said, when with men it is impossible, but not with God. For with God, all things are possible. Now that seems like, wow. Or, or maybe it's like, duh, I know that. Why are we living the way we live? Why is the church operating the way it operates? Why do we box God in? If God has no rivals, if God has no beginning and no end, if God has no limits, why are we not seeing him do incredible, limitless things? Could it be, as we wind this message down, as we set the framework for all of the rest of this series, could it be that it's because you and I continually limit him? Let me take the remainder of the time and just bring some things to light that maybe you could relate to, I know I relate to, and how we limit God. Being he has no rivals, we set the foundation for the message this morning, has no rival, has no beginning, no end. He is timeless, he's limitless, he's the beginning and the end. He's working all things, he doesn't take a break. He, he has no limits, he says where you say it's impossible, hey, God says it's, it's, it's possible, all things are possible. Then why do we not see him do the impossible things? It could be that because we limit God when we do these things. Let me give you at least four of them. We limit God when we don't remember. When we don't remember. I understand that your journey gets tough. I mean, I, I truly understand that. I, I, I had a couple days this past week, I'm thinking, and I had to remind myself that I'm blessed, but as we were finishing a job in the pouring down rain and the funk nasty because the tree was probably 5,000 years old, rotten and just disgusting. I'm exaggerating. I, 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 stay with me. It was just disgusting, man. Worms. I got a weak stomach. I just, I, I'm just saying. I, got, I, I mean, I got crap all over me. I use the word crap, but you, you get the point, right? I'm, 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 I'm. I'd have to remind myself that I'm blessed. I'd have to remember that I have air in my lungs the ability in my back, the, the knowledge in my mind to pick a chainsaw up or to pick that up and to move. And you say, well, it doesn't take a whole lot. Hey, I dare you to pick one up and try to run it for yourself. 
It don't have an ignition, by the way, like that. You can't just turn the key on the Husqvarna's we use. I say that to give you a silly illustration to say to this, that, hey, maybe you are limiting God because you just start remembering. I know that it's tough right now, but just think about it for a moment. You're still here, right? I hear people say all the time, I, I, in my BC days, I, I shouldn't even be here. I, I should be dead. All I did, whoa, I did all this and did all that. Yeah, hey, that's true. You shouldn't be here, but you're still here. Why limit God? Because you won't stop for just a moment and remember, it may not be the best now, but man, he's been good to you. He's been faithful. It may not be fillets. It may be spam. But at least you're putting something in your belly. I'll take you to a place where people don't have anything to eat. And we try to make sure they get them. Just like we do with our backpack program here at elementary school. We limit God when we stop remembering. Even when they crossed the Jordan, he said, you take those 12 stones. He said he can put 12 stones back in the river where no one else would be able to see him. But they would know that it was there. And God would remind them that it was there. That at one time, at flood season, God opened the river and let him go through. Could it be that you're limiting all that God has for you? Think, dream, or imagine possible. He's able. He has no rival. He has no time limit. He doesn't expire. You don't have to request more time. It's all there. That's God. He, he has no limits. Why are, you, why are you not remembering all that he has done for you? We limit God when we forget all that he's done. I know the journey's tough. I, I, I know probably even yesterday was rough. But you're here today. And that's worthy of praise. Another way that we limit God is when we don't remember it, also when we fear sacrifice. When we fear sacrifice. We fear that God will make us do something we, what we really don't want to do. See, that, that's to me, y'all with me? Come up real close. This is the problem with the modern church and its denominational walls and its lines. The reason they like that so much is because see, it boxes God up and it limits him to what man wants him to do. That's why on average... In any denomination, if you're not careful and you go and go and go, you'll see the same people doing the same thing, running the same pew, speaking the same tongue at the same time, or standing there with the same red back hymnals, the same thing in us in a very legalistic, conservative Baptist church, the same way in every one of them. Why? Because we like to box God up. We're afraid and we fear sacrifice, that God's going to ask us to actually do something we don't want to do. We, we fear that he's going to ask us to give more of our time, give more of our possessions, more of our money. Hey, we don't even sometimes really, 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 really want to give up our sin. Oh, I, I know I'm meddling. I know. I mean, we, we, we're, we're so good at it that we've rationalized it. We've justified how we live. And we wonder why revival really won't break out and we've got to try to schedule revival. Because we limit God and we're afraid that he will call, ask us to go somewhere, do something. I'll never forget when I started this journey of, 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 of being called to the ministry. I'm like... I mean, listen, I didn't have a clue. I thought, well, he's going he's gonna, to he's gonna send me to Africa. I'm going to have to leave everything. Now, listen, and I, and I told you this story before. I've been going to Africa since I first got saved. I just did a little pit stop in Westminster <laughs> on the backside of the desert and another little pit stop in South America for a while, Peru and Chile, for several years. And lo and behold, lo and behold in the journey, even out of great devastation and destruction, a church's birth. And some crazy folks come my way, and even if they had to leave, I would want them to leave their child. 
I've told them if they leave, I'm going to say, where are we going? And I go to Africa every year now and will the rest of my life as long as I have anything to do with it. You see, we box God up because we fear. We, we won't give because we're afraid it'll cost too much. Listen, I want to tell you something. Go ahead and write it down. Get this in your, your computer. Download it, black book, whatever it is. Yeah, it's going to cost you everything. You see, the kingdom is that way. It's all in. It's all or nothing. You can't put both hands to the plow and then take one off and look back. Look at Lot's wife. I mean, who knows what she was really looking back at. Could have been that favorite plant in the planter on the front porch. But because she looked back, that's it. We limit God because we, we fail to remember. We fail and we fear sacrifice. Thirdly, we limit God when we live by emotions. When we live by emotions. Oh, that, that went by you too fast because y'all are too quiet. Y'all not helping me preach. We limit God when we live by emotions. I, I, I don't remember in all the years I've been doing this, since, and again, nearly 20 years, that we live in such a time that every little thing may offend you, and we're so afraid. We're so afraid to speak the truth. We're so afraid to stand for the truth. We just limit God. Afraid they won't like us, or, or, or they may leave, or they—I don't, I don't know—I don't know what. But, 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 but all that really is about our emotions. You see, it's—it's it's kind of like this: when we, when we're happy, God is great and He's with us. But when we're down and depressed, we soft and say, "Where is God?" When everybody's healthy, wealthy, and well-fed, God is great. But when they send the cutoff notice, and the cabinets look empty. And the doctor says, I, I see a spot. I need to send you to a specialist. But where is God? Or when our man is in office or woman is in office, God is great. He's on his throne. But when we don't like him, but where is God? You see how often we limit God? You'll understand that God doesn't... <laughs> God doesn't work off your emotions. Aren't you glad? For I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe it's just me. I'm just, I am glad that he doesn't work off my emotions. I would zap some of you. I mean, nobody here. Nobody here. Nobody here. I'm so sorry. Let me take that back. Nobody watching online. But there's some people that I would be, you know, get them, God. Don't look pious at me either. <laughs> Aren't you glad he didn't work off our emotions? I mean, I, I don't know about you, but there's days I don't even feel saved. I mean, I found myself acting that way last night. I mean, how, how can I even say that I'm saved, let alone be a preacher? And don't look pious at me. Don't look holier than thou. There's none righteous, no, not one. He is the only one that has no rival. We are equal in this thing together. It's the same grace. It's the same mercy. It's the same blood. I sing the way I sing because it's the same blood, it's the same mercy, it's the same grace, and I do not want to limit God just because my emotions get in the way. I don't want him to understand that I think that only when things are good or only when the place is full I can preach that way or this way or I can only go when everything's perfectly in line. I wouldn't even get out to bed in the morning if that was the case. But there are many people that they won't even darken the door 
or the shadow of the steeple because they've let their emotions take control. Why? Because they forget the framework number one. God is the only one that has no rivals. There is no man, and I beg you to God, never put me on a pedestal. I will disappoint you mightily. I'll let you down. I'll try my best not to, but I am human. I've even let my girls down more times than I even care to ever mention to you. And because we've gotten it off and we begin to limit and box God up and only see him like this or this, leads to us being an emotional wreck. Are you glad he didn't work off our emotions? Oh, emotions are great. They're great. God give them to us for our enjoyment, our pleasure to learn. Some of the greatest lessons are out of some of the greatest heartbreaks and pains in our lives. But he never, ever give us our emotions to make any decisions or even classify him or label him. We limit God when we forget to remember. We limit God when we fear sacrifice. We limit God when we live by emotions. And my last one is this. We limit God when we, when we don't expect. Let, let, me, let me remind you of a place in the Bible. Jesus, is, and Mark captures this. Mark chapter 6, verse 5 and 6, I believe. Stay with me, right? Jesus goes back to his hometown. You're you picking up what I'm laying down now, right? He goes back to his hometown, and we get this great saying there, this, 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 this dialogue, and we get it, and we, we've used it. A prophet is of, of no good in his own hometown. He's reje- he was rejected. He goes back to his hometown. He said he, he, he did a few things there, but literally it, it says that he couldn't, do, he couldn't do mighty works there. He couldn't do many works there. Why? I think verse 6, I think verse 6 of Mark chapter 6, it, it tells us that Jesus was blown away. That's the Joel translation. He marveled at their unbelief, their lack of expectation. You see, because you don't have the framework right, because you don't, you don't really get it down, you say amen to it and you clap and you, you, you continue to just go through the motions, but you don't really believe deep down that he has no rivals and that he has no beginning nor end and that he has no limits. It, it leads to a place where you've boxed God up so much that you've just quit expecting him to do anything. That's for that other church over there. That's for the charismatic bunch over there. That's for the super elite religious over there. When I find myself, I don't know where you find yourself, I find myself in the category like the dude that said, listen, I believe Jesus, but God help my unbelief. I come expecting I ask God, I say, God, fill the place with your spirit. Fill the place with your people that need to hear a word from you. God, heal, bind up those that are saved. Save those that are lost. Restore homes. Bring joy back to their salvation. Remind them that it's not too late. Remind them, God, that it's not too bad, that all things are possible. You have no rival, you have no beginning, and you have no end, and you're the God of all comfort, and you're working all things for our good. You see, I can hear those, I can hear the scoffers, I can, I can hear the fool saying, well, if he's all-powerful, can he make a, a rock so big that he can't pick it up? That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. Why would he do that? You see, I want to end with the understanding that, that I don't know what you're going through, and it may feel like God is not there. I promise you that God is there. 
I want you to understand that the world may say that God is limited, that it's old-fashioned, that he's out of touch and he's out of tune. I want to remind you, he has no rivals, he has no beginning, he has no end, he always was, he always will be. He is God, he is, he is capable of all things, but he would never make a rock that was too big for him to pick up. Why? Because, listen, because he's powerful does not mean that he'll do anything he wants to do in that capacity. He's not foolish like that. Listen to me. God does nothing with his power that doesn't have purpose. Read your Bible. He doesn't just do it. He didn't cause the sun to stand still just so that we could go back and look. Wow, on that day in history, that was a longer day. There is scientific proof. I don't need anybody to prove to me scientifically that God is God. He has no rivals. If he said it, he did it. If he says he can do it, he can do it. He has no limits. If he can heal the, the sick, he can heal the sick. If he can raise the dead, he can raise the dead. If he can restore marriages, he can restore marriages. If he says walk on water, by George, I'll walk on water. I'm not picking a snake up, though. Oh, you are still listening. Could it be that God is not doing anything in your life, in your marriage, in your home, in your community, in this church, because you just stopped expecting? God is a God of divine direction. He is limitless. Would you stand with me, please? Father, as we bow our hearts, I pray that they will, they will receive your word. I don't know what they're struggling with. I don't know what they're going through. I don't know where they are in their journey, but the good thing is that, Father, you do. And God, no matter what it costs us, No matter the timing, God, I'm expecting you to do something incredible in their lives this morning. I pray for restoration. I pray for resurrection so that you're honored and you're glorified and that your name is bragged about. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I want you to think with me for just a moment. Let's, let's think for just a moment. If God had limits, or, or let's even break it down and say this, if God, if, if he was afraid of sacrifice or let his emotions get involved or, or didn't trust and didn't remember all that the Father had said to him, do you, do you imagine in the garden when he sweat and his capillaries burst into blood, his sweat drops of blood because of the intense emotional, physical anguish and pressure? Could you, could you imagine for just a moment with me if Jesus said, no, tap out, that's it, Father. I've reached my limit. I cannot do this anymore. Or he had made it past the garden and he got to the whipping post or to the beating or to the spitting or to the belittling or, 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 or he, he got there and he said, oh, that's it, Father. I tap out. That's it. I've reached my limit. Can you imagine where we would be without a limitless God? Can you imagine for a moment the emotions can you imagine for just a moment if, 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 if while he, he made it through the garden 
He made it through the betrayal. He made it through the beating. He made it through the mockery. He made it through the makeshift trials. He made it through the nails through his feet and nails through his hands, the crown of thorns on his head. He's raised up on a cross, a vile, evil, wicked, killing device. He's suffered through all of that and he's still not tapped out. But then all of a sudden, the father, the father turns his back on him. Can you imagine in that moment of darkness, in that moment of fear, in that moment of, 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 of all of the emotions and pressure and, and all that, that he would say, nope, that's it, I'm tapping out, I cannot do it. Can you just imagine for a moment? So I want you to get with me this morning. There is nothing you have done, no where you have been, no amount of time that is too long or too short. There's nothing too great or too small. Our God will never tap out on you. He'll never, ever give up on you. He hadn't forgotten you. He hadn't misplaced you. He knew exactly where you'd be this morning. He knows exactly who's watching, who will watch, who will listen. He knows exactly what you're going through, and he sent me to remind you this morning that he's got this. You just got to give it to him. There's no quit. There's no quit. There's no limit. And even if it seems impossible, let me remind you, all things are possible. He is able. He is limitless in his resources. So if you're this morning and you think God can't save you, that is a prerequisite for salvation. If you're here this morning and think God can't use you, oh, that's who he used the most if you're here and you think that you're stuck in this situation I promise you God will part a sea a part a river he'll make absolutely the rocks cry out he will bring wine from water he will absolutely be glorified in all situations there's no limit so if you need Christ if you're watching or listening and you need Christ I want you to say this from your heart with your mouth Jesus for there's no other name save me forgive me Set me free. I don't want to live like I have been living. I turn to you. In Jesus' name. I'm not going to embarrass you at all, but I do not want you to be ashamed. If you're watching, message us, please. Reach out to us. If you're here, on the count of three, I want you to raise your hand if you ask Christ to save you and forgive you and set you free. One, two, three. Boom, say, that was me. Just raise it high. I got you. I got you. Hands down. I got you. I see got you I got you listen every head about every head bowed every eye closed for just a moment longer we're gonna open the altar we want you to come we want you to work with one of our thanks so much for being here with us today make sure to stay connected with us throughout the week online at onechurchsc.org and on social media at onechurchsc we believe God has something neat to say to you and our hope is that you feel his love stronger today than ever before thanks again for being here with us and have a great week